the honeymoon is over. And it's the first story of the Curtis News Network. And very personal to me because I ran against this guy for me and I lost. The swagger man, Mayor Eric Adams, I always said, had no plan to deal with crime. But he was able to bamboozle people. Um, he used a lot of technology. He convinced people, hey, I was a captain in the police department, 22 years service. I'll know how to recover this city from the crime wave that de Blasio left it with. And people bought a hook, line, and sinker. I kept saying, I kept warning them, don't believe the hype. Remember, MC Hammer, don't believe the hype. <laughs> and they bought it. And now, look, five months later, the honeymoon is over. Normally, a mayor gets about six months to a year. No, Eric Adams is not getting any honeymoon. His, his acceptability rating, his approval rating is at 29%. And he's going down, down, down. Now, imagine if you're President Joe Biden and you're in your bunker, your basement, at your uh, beachfront, uh, beachfront home in Delaware, and you see, wow, Eric Adams at 29% approval rating. I'm at 33%. You call him up on the phone. You say, Eric, do me a solid. Don't refer to yourself any longer as the Biden of Brooklyn because that's hurting me. Can you imagine that? <laughs> and you know, Eric Adams deserves it. Let me tell you what. He said that he was going to do stop and frisk, right? He said that was one of the elements that he would reinstate. He didn't do it. He said he was going to have the anti-crime unit put back in. This uh, undercover police officer, highly proficient at gutting guns off the streets. Very good at what they do. And they did a great job for years. Except he said, you know, some I don't like the fact they were undercover, which gives them the jump on, on the gun crew, on the stick-up kids. Now they have a uniform. Yeah, they're in a plain uh, car. But look, these thugs, they rule the streets. They can see 5050, and warn everybody. Before, the anti-crime unit couldn't do that. They come out of Federal Express trucks, milk trucks. They come out of taxi cabs, you name it. And they had street smarts. That's strike two. And then strike three is, is that he's always moaning and groaning and yelling and yelping that, you know, he, he, wants, to, he wants to put into place law and order. But the legislators in Albany and the criminal justice system in the state and the city won't allow him to do that. But he never shames and names anybody. Yesterday he was in Brooklyn. My old stomping grounds, Canarsie on Avenue D. They have a special detective unit of the NYPD. Their whole focus is getting guns off the street. So you want to go there, have a press conference. You wanted to praise these men and women because gun crimes have gone down about 7%. They deserve praise. But as he was attacking the criminal justice system for not giving him tactical air support, he's right there in Brooklyn. He's got a DA named Eric Gonzalez, who's been his friend and political ally, both bound uh, almost like, uh, like appendages to the corrupt Kings County Democratic machine that has risen them both politically. And he could have easily said, like my very dear friend Eric Gonzalez, look, I love Eric uh, we've been political allies, but when somebody is arrested in Brooklyn, as an example, with a loaded 9 millimeter, they go to a diversion program because of Eric Gonzalez, the Brooklyn DA. They don't get locked up. 
Now you say to yourself, wait, used to be years ago when Ed Koch was mayor, mandatory year in jail if you got caught with an illegal handgun. That's gone. But you see, you have to shame a name. Now here he was at the NYPD's detective unit dedicated to snatching guns off the street. And where was his new gun czar? He lives a few blocks away in Brownsville, all about good 12 block walk. He's not there because he is one of these violence interrupters that they have. Violence interrupters promise street thugs will have no involvement with the police. We're not snitches. Snitches get stitches, end up in ditches. We believe that. We're not going to be seen with the police. So here it is. Just the other week, you appoint this guy from Brooklyn. Your guns are a civilian. And every week, the police commissioner has to come, the deputy police commissioners, your deputy mayor of public safety, uh, Banks, and your deputy inspectors of the precincts have to come to him and explain to him what's going on in terms of guns in the streets. Yet, he won't show up at any meetings. He won't even show at gun buybacks. So I believe the people are getting hip to Eric Adams real quick. And unfortunately for Eric Adams, he doesn't realize because he's in love with the camera. It's Eric Adams, live at five. Live at five, Eric Adams. He has a press conference in the morning, press conference in the afternoon, press conference in the late afternoon, press conference at night. And then, as you know, he raises the roof because he is the king of nightlife in New York City, going to the Zero Bond Club, a private club in downtown Manhattan, where he hangs out with the TikTok girls, and tries to keep up with the Kardashians. And everybody knows, if you want influence from the mayor, you got to wine him, dine him, and pocket line him and his cronies at the Zero Bond Club, because in every private club, whatever happens in a private club, stays in a private club. So Eric Adams, it's only five months. You're at 29% approval rating. You can't go much lower. Maybe you ought to go back to being the Eric Adams on the campaign and actually do what you promised, and your numbers will go up. But in the meantime, oh, the exodus to Florida, North Carolina, Virginia, South Carolina, Georgia, Texas, Tennessee continues. People are even moving to the Catskills, Sullivan and Greene County, the Irish Alps, the Jewish Himalayas. That place had been abandoned for years. Anything to escape New York, it's no longer COVID-19. Mr. Law and Order Mayor, you're a swagger man with no plan. It's time to get back to the basis. Bust your shoes, get out of your Ferragamos, your customized shoes, and spend your time with the NYPD and not at Club Zero Bomb because the TikTok girls and keeping up with the Kardashians, the next poll that comes out, you may be a 19% and you're going down, down, down. It's no doubt there's Rangers fever in New York City. A lot of these hipsters and millennials never watched a hockey game in their life, but hey, when they go to a gin mill, when they socialize, you got to throw on your, 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 <laughs> your throwback jersey, right? Oh, the big Swede, Lundquist. Well, I don't think a lot of these people even realize who Lundquist was, is, that he's no longer playing. But let's face it, that's what a lot of the hipsters and millennials are wearing. So it's Lundquist garb, and actually they're cheering on the Rangers. And, hey, it's kind of hard for me. I've always been a hockey fan going way back to the 60s. But the moment 
The moment we're out of May into June and July, what the hell, man? This is not hockey weather. But be that as it may, the Rangers are in the Eastern Final Championship against the reigning Stanley Cup champions, the Tampa Lightning. They've won the Cup two times in a row. Again, in my time, can you imagine playing hockey in Florida? That would have been unthinkable, but that exists. And the Rangers were off to a blast in Madison Square Garden, right? Boom. They won games one and two, and it looked like Tampa was taking a nap. And then all of a sudden, they're down in Tampa, and it looked like Tampa was still taking a nap. The Rangers had jumped ahead 2-0, and then all of a sudden, Tampa came back, nipped them right before the final uh, buzzer, uh, and won it 3-2. Now, I'm wondering, and I've asked this question before, and this makes so much sense, whether you're a hockey fan, you're not a hockey fan, you want the Rangers to win the championship, you want Tampa to win the championship, go on to a third cup. You have all these reporters gathered up from Canada where hockey is king throughout America and even in Europe because there are so many of the European hockey players who now play in the NHL. And they, they bum rush into the locker room. The guys, they're changing their garb. They go up to number eight, Igor of the Rangers, who lost this last game in the Nets. Do they ask him, hey, as a Russian, do you support Putin or Zelensky? No, no, I don't know. They, They haven't asked that question yet. Then you go and there's Vasilevsky, number 88 for Tampa. Obviously, he was the winning netminder. Does any of these reporters from all over the world ask a question that would make a lot of sense since he's a Russian too? Hey, do you support Putin or Zelensky, you know, from Ukraine? They never ask these guys that. Now, remember, you have a situation that's quite unique. Igor and Vasilevsky were teammates on the Russian national team playing out of Moscow. So they would share half the game. Igor would play half the game. Vasilevsky would play. So they know one another. Now, you could imagine if they were asked that question and they said, oh, we love Putin, we, we support Russia against Ukraine, they'd probably be run out of the league and banned from the playoffs. Now, if they said, oh, Putin bad, Zelensky good, they'd probably have to give a heads up to their family and sell whatever they have in Russia because that's, that's their country of origin and get the hell out of there. Because you know Putin, he doesn't care who they are. He'll put them in the gulag. But now let's get to the the whole scope of this championship because whoever survives the Eastern uh, Championship will have to play the West Coast champions, the Western Conference. And that right now is the Edmonton Oilers versus the Colorado Avalanche. And I'm thinking, hold on, slowly I turn step by step. When is the last time the Rangers won the Stanley Cup? It's when we basically recruited half of the old Edmonton Oilers. Led by Messier, who skated around with the Stanley Cup 1994. It was Gretzky, a whole host of other former Edmonton Oilers. And how do I remember that? Because it's like the first year that Rudy Giuliani had been elected mayor. And boy, he turned this mother out. I mean, you would have thought the Yankees and the Mets won the World Series. And rightfully so, because, wow, the Reds, uh, the Rangers weren't after to it. So... We haven't been near winning a cup since 1994. I get the excitement. But let's presuppose that we win the Eastern Championship and defeat the reigning Stanley Cup champions, the Tampa Lightning, 
and take on the winner of either the Edmonton Oilers or Colorado Avalanche. It harkens me back to when I was a boy and I was following NHL hockey closely. There were only six teams, mostly Canadian, some Americans, no foreigners of any type. So easy to remember. You had the flying Frenchman, Guy Lafayette, Jean Beliveau of the Montreal Canadiens. And boy, they were fly guys. You had the Toronto Maple Leafs. Those were the two big Canadian teams. Then you had the Detroit Red Wings, Gordy Howe, he was the enforcer. Yeah, the Chicago Blackhawks, Bobby Hull, Stan Makita. Stan Makita was from Czechoslovakia. Uh, I, I amend what I said. And they had those curved sticks. They were the first to have these huge curved sticks. And boom, they would take a slap shot, and that puck would be like a knuckleball going towards the net. In fact, that's when a lot of the goalies were starting to put the uh, – uh, the face masks on because the days of Gump Worsley and Terry Shaw, Chuck, who didn't wear masks, who played for Montreal and Toronto and were all scarred up, were over. And who did I leave out? Oh, yeah, the Boston Bruins. They had Bobby Orr, first defenseman to go end to end. And then you had my beloved Rangers with uh, Emile Cat Francis, who was the coach behind the boards. You had Eddie Jockerman in the nets. You had Harry Howe, the silver-haired defenseman and captain of the team. You had Jim Nielsen, the other defenseman, who was, as they call in Canada, a, um, well, we call them indigenous people. They call them First Nation people. They get insulted if you call them indigenous people in Canada. And then you had the number one line for the Rangers, the Broadway Blues, right? I loved it. You had Rattel. John Rattel at center. You had Vic Hatfield on the wing. And, of course, my favorite, the Rocket himself, Rod Bear. And yet, when I was following them in the late 60s, they were in last place. <laughs> that team was with Baseman Bertha. So I've been with the Rangers in good times. Been with them in a lot of bad times. Preferred hockey in the 60s when I actually would know the names of the players. And there were only six teams. And two in Canada, four in America. Most of the players were either Canadian or American. They weren't difficult last names, multisyllabic. Now, obviously, I want to see the Rangers win the Stanley Cup. Even though I hate, I loathe, I despise Jim Dolan, their owner, who looks like he can't chew gum and think at the same time, always wearing black, a horrible band that he has. Born on third base with a spoon, silver spoon in his mouth, big enough to offset the trade balance between Red China and the United States. And yet still, obviously, it cut my veins and arteries. I don't bleed New Jersey Devils. I don't bleed Islanders. Oh, I hate the Islanders. Any real Ranger fan does. I bleed New York Rangers. With all that said, go Rangers! Go Igor! Do you support Putin, Igor? Oh, don't you just love this battle of the billionaire titans who turned out to be totally dysfunctional and degenerates. Wait, I'm, I'm going to outline, you know, both sides of it. Okay, so first, yeah, Bill Gates. Right? Bill Gates is like the first of the nerds. Uh, he's a pisha, a schmendrick, a person of no consequence, right? An ultra-waspy who came out of Washington State outside of Seattle. And what was he known for in business? If you wanted to deal with Bill Gates as he was uh, 
setting up his uh, corporate giant that just consumed the world. What was that, microcraft, microorganism? I even forgot. It's been so many years. Anyway, he was number one, second to none. Second only to that old codger there in Omaha. He and him would play cards all the time. They would befriend one another, Warren Buffett. They had Bill Gates, Warren Buffett. The one thing about Bill Gates at Microsoft, see, I remember a little dementia there, was that for lunch every day he has Big Macs. He has a Big Mac attack. You would think he would let Mickey D's, McDonald's, the spirit of Ray Kroc promote that. He said, I don't want anybody to know. Come on. How can people not know? You order out for Big Macs every day when you have any kind of a luncheon. It's Big Macs. Okay, you've had a Big Mac attack. But what else was on his desk? The Jolly Rogers flag, the pirate flag. Now, even he talked about that. The reason he had the Jolly Rogers flag on his desk is he would tell colleagues, adversaries, anybody who came to talk to him, we steal here at Microsoft. We steal worse than the Red Chinese. You may have a trademark or copyright or idea. You know, we're going to steal it if we can. That's why he flew the Jolly Rogers flag. But nobody in their right mind thought that he was a perv. Nobody in their right mind thought that this waspy, schlubby, schmendrick guy would end up hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein, that pedophile, on a pedestal on a regular basis. Let's hold it that. Now, who do we have? Which way did he go? Oh, here he is. Mr. South Africa himself, Elon Musk, who has benefited from government contracts galore from New York and the federal government, and let's face it, he's beat us for the money time and time again. Uh, in Buffalo, they called it the, bu- the Buffalo Billions. Andrew Evilized Cuomo, then the governor, shuffled millions of dollars towards Elon Musk to make what? Solar shields. He never delivered on the contract. Kept all the money. That's strike one. Strike two for Elon Musk is, is that, my God, he keeps talking about, I'm going to buy Twitter. billion, Twitter. But there are all these bots, like we didn't know there were bots before. Bots, come on. I'm going to buy it. No, I'm not going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. I'm not going to buy it. He's playing with us. He's playing with Twitter. And by the way, who the hell gives a damn? Most people don't, don't, don't sort of judge their life by Twitter. It's sort of an occupation you have when you have too much time on your hands. Oh, I got to follow the Twitter feed. So he has suckered us. And then... As bad and as dysfunctional and pervy as Bill Gates has become, we found out because of his friendship with Jeffrey Epstein, the pedophile on a pedestal, Elon Musk, how many baby mamas does he have? What is it, three, four, I don't know, more? And then, uh, you know, he was even with Amber Heard. We found out with Johnny uh, Depp what a piece of work she was. But he married Grimes, and he had these children. Well, Weird names like XEA12, worse than Sarah Palin had with her children. Uh, Trigger, Twig, uh, uh, I don't know. What, what, these crazy weird names that they give their kids. But now, what happened to Grimes? Grimes left Elon Musk, the richest guy in the world, and he would say, Gee, I wonder what it is that lured her away. And when you find out who her new partner is, Private Manning. You say, well, who's Private Manning? Is that out of Beetle Bailey, you know, the old... No, Private Manning was in 
his foxhole in Iraq. And he was taking all these special documents and sending them up and sharing them with everyone. Then he got arrested. Then he was found guilty. Then he went to Leavenworth and did time. Then he got out of Leavenworth and he ran for the U.S. Senate and in Maryland crashed and burned. But what we ended up doing for Private Manning is paying for Private Manning's sex change when he went to Leavenworth. Imagine this. He steals American secrets and he gets a sex change operation at taxpayers' expense at Leavenworth. So now Private Manning, the man, became Chelsea Manning, the girl. And who is Grimes, the former wife of Elon Musk and mother of his children, hooked up with? Yes, it's freaky dinky out there. Chelsea Manning, Private Manning, reporting for duty to Grimes. So now you got two freaks that are out to play. So this schmuck, Bill Gates, decides to get into a Twitter war with Elon Musk. So he tweets and he says, you know, Elon Musk and Tesla, they don't give good health benefits to their employees. Okay, that's sort of meek and mild. Well, you know Elon Musk, he doesn't play by the, uh, what can we call him, Marcus uh, Queensberry boxing rules. I don't even think there are any rules for Twitter. So he immediately starts tweeting out fast and furiously, if you're thinking Bill Gates, you got to think Jeffrey Epstein. If you're thinking Bill Gates, why did his wife leave him and divorce him? Think about his friendship with Jeffrey Epstein. If you think Bill Gates, think about his friendship with that pedophile on a pedestal. Is Bill Gates a perp? I mean, he's like going off like a Gatling gun. I have a feeling when Bill Gates woke up this morning in his, uh, his ranch-style home and mansion, you could call it a coliseum, and he was looking out in the Puget Sound off Seattle, he had Twitter remorse because he ended up crawling into the belly of the beast, and he got pimp-slapped hard by Elon Musk. But then again, the two titans, the two billionaires thrashing it out, dysfunctional as they are in their personal lives. I loved it because it was like two scorpions in a brandy glass and they're both going to get stung again and again and again. I'm thinking right now, Tony Bennett, I left my heart in San Francisco. We saw Tony Bennett over the weekend being wheeled into Central Park at the age of 95 by who was that? Uh, Lady Gaga, Thunder Thighs. Anyway, we wish the best for Tony Bennett, but that's the classic song. And then we think of San Francisco, and they're in the midst of a recall election. Yes, California, the most liberal progressive state in the nation, gives its voters an opportunity to recall any elected official from the governor right on down to the local dog catcher. And that includes the questionable district attorneys like Boudin, Boudin, excuse me, Boudin, 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 that's right, there's Boudin, 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 Boudin. First of all, he gets elected, the district attorney in San Francisco, and you check his pedigree, and you say, who is this guy? He seems to have come out of nowhere. Well, uh, you want to look at his pedigree? His mother and father were radicals who had declared war on America when they joined the Weather Underground back in the 70s. Kathy Boudin was his mother. 
David Gilbert was his father. They didn't just talk about war against America. They didn't just promote insurrection and support the enemies of America. They were actually part of the Weather Underground robbery crew that went around stealing money from Brinks trucks that were making pickups and deliveries. And then it was the early 80s, not far from where we are, Rockland County, that both his mother, Kathy Boudin, and Dave Gilbert, when he was only like eight months old, were the wheelmen for the getaway vehicle after the Brinks robbery there. They were stopped. The thugs of the Weather Underground got into a shootout with the Rockland County police. Cops were killed. Private security officer killed who was attached to the armed car. And Kathy Boudin and David Gilbert were arrested and charged for murder as accessories. They were both found guilty. They spent many, many times in a federal penitentiary and should have spent even more time. But they got out on good behavior. Supposedly, they helped other prisoners when they were in the joint. Now, while they were in the joint, somebody had to take care of this Boudin, 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 this young, young boy. Somebody had to change his uh, diapers every day, right? His dirty water diapers, although at that time they had pampers. And so who volunteered to become his godfather and godmother? Bill Ayers, who had been part of the Weather Underground, remember? Many people said had influenced uh, Barack Obama when he was first developing politically in the south side of Chicago. And then Bernadine Dorn, who was also a member of the Weather Underground. That was his godmother. Uh, Bernadine Dorn had been to jail for insurrection and for trying to topple the American government. So imagine, these were the people who had an influence on his life. And then he wrote books about Chavez. He loved Chavez in Venezuela. He loved Daniel Ortega in Nicaragua, the Sandinistas. He loved Castro, both Fidel and Raul Castro behind the sugarcane curtain of Cuba. He was outwardly a promoter of communism and a detractor against America. Yet, the voters in San Francisco elected him district attorney. And then he said, you know, I'm going to put into place restorative justice. I'm not going to prosecute a lot of these criminals. In fact, most criminals I'm not going to prosecute. I'm going to have them go for counseling through restorative justice or have sit-downs with their victims. So imagine, a guy took a baseball bat to a Chinese delivery guy, broke every bone in his body, and Boudin, 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 which way did he go? Right there. Oh, no, there. There, there he is. It's always on the go. You never know. To the far, 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 far left, a place I don't go. He would actually say to the Chinese victim, hey, we're not going to prosecute that back-swinging nut that almost killed you. We want you to sit down with him and go through restorative justice sessions. And the Chinese guy said, are you crazy? So who has led the movement to recall Boudin? Chinese community, which is very powerful there, and the Hispanics. And he's probably going to be out on his tokus and replaced. Recall is good, though. We don't have recall in New York State. New Jersey has recall. They tried to recall Murphy himself, the governor, who's called everybody a knucklehead. It's a very difficult process. You got to get about 10% of all the registered voters. You got to get their signatures. And remember, that side will challenge the legitimacy of the signatures. Well, they did it for Boudin in San Francisco. They did it for Murphy in New Jersey, but they failed in their recall efforts.
But New Jersey has recall. California has recall. New York, we have Ugats. We have Ubats. We could have had a recall effort of Bill de Blasio. Remember when he went off for four and a half months, thought he could become president of the United States? Like Don Quixote, he was in the fields of Iowa where there are more pigs and people swinging at the cornstalks, having fish fries in South Carolina, playing the slot machines in Vegas, seeing he could get votes in the Democratic primary. He got Ugats. Four and a half months. We could have recalled him. Everybody would have voted him out. For Governor Cuomo, when he turned out to be the perv who killed thousands of elderly people by his executive order in the aftermath of the lockdown and pandemic of 2020. If we had recall, he would have been out on his tukis. And in Los Angeles, the next recall effort is against a guy named George Gasson. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about this DA. Born in Cuba, came out with his parents, hated Castro, hated left-wing politics, became a police officer, became the deputy police chief of L.A. under who? Bill Bratton. He was law and order. He was a registered Republican. And then all of a sudden, he must, have, he must have taken some shrooms. He had an epiphany. He was asked by pretty boy Newsom to come to San Francisco and be the police commissioner there. And then all of a sudden, he was introduced to hate ashbury peace, love, and happiness, progressive values, uh, socialist Democrats uh, of America, and he went to the far, far left. And then he became the San Francisco district attorney, left back to take care of his mother in L.A., which is where he was born and raised, ran to become L.A. county district attorney. He was supported by the PBAs because they said he's one of ours. He was a cop's cop. Turns out he stabbed the cops in the back. And now he's up for recall. So think about it. The most liberal state in America, California, which has been conservative and liberal and had recall all that time, at least they have an opportunity at voters' remorse to remove that person. New Jersey, they have it. They don't use it as much as California. Why is it that we don't have it in New York? Think of all the people that could be subject to a recall election. And with Eric Adams, polling numbers <laughs> down to 29% and fading fast, if we had recall, he could be on his, he could be back in Fort Lee where he lives in apartment 22H.